Welcome to Fix Your Gym, a podcast dedicated to bringing you expert knowledge from fitness industry leaders, salespeople, gym owners, tech experts, and other fitness enthusiasts, where you'll learn about the latest industry trends, innovative technologies, new and current products on the market, and health and fitness news from experts across the nation. And now, here's your host, Adam Niffitt. All right, here we go. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. We got we got Dustin Bogle. Um, we That's we right. from Gym Reinforcements, and uh, you're you're also you you own a couple of gyms as well. Um, yeah. out in uh, you're in you're in Dallas, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. At one point, I mean, dude, I I opened a total of seven gyms in my career, and you know, like nice all of them are in California. The one here that I, I operate in Texas, pretty much it was like a buddy who has another much more successful business does like $3 million a month. And, you know, basically his business partner bailed on him and he's like, Hey, I know, you know, your stuff, you know, would you come in and just run this place? Like it's your own. So I said, sure. And you know, that's the one gym I got here in Texas, but like, yeah, I got two back in California that are more like boot camp and small group training kind of model. Gotcha. Very cool, man. No, I, I appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, we, we're in Apex together and everything like that, but it's the first time I've connected with you. So I'm excited to kind of like get to know you a little bit. I, I'm just, I'm just getting into Apex. I mean, I've been in there for a year, um, but I haven't, I haven't, you know, uh, done everything and plugged in probably as much as I should. Um, so I'm just now kind of getting around and meeting everybody and things like that. So, um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, I, I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you have going on there in Texas and kind of how you got into the fitness industry and and what you have going on, man. Yeah. And th- thank you, dude, for doing this show because um, I don't know if there's a harder business industry than fitness because, you know, when you kind of think about it, we sell something people very much want, but they actually don't want to put in the work to get it. Like yeah. they don't, they like, they want cookies. They want movie tickets. They want concerts. Like, they, but people don't really want to go get sweaty and, and get sore. And so it's a hard sell. So first off, like, salute to all the coaches and gym owners out there. We sell mm-hmm. something people actually don't really want. We have to fight them to take the, the step forward. So fixing your gym sometimes is is mindset. Sometimes it's you know your your pricing. But sometimes it's, you know, kind of calling out who, what you're doing so that you can kind of come to terms with it and yeah. then, you know, uh, be at peace because this is, this is a tough business. But I've just seen that it is the fastest way to sharpen your business acumen. Like I've seen guys that were gym owners that kept their gym, but then they decide to launch a landscaping business or open a short term rental and they just demolish it because like. People want to stay at that at that Airbnb, and people want landscaping, and they're just handing over money. And they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god!" Now that I've built these business skills in a tough industry, then when I go put it into an easy industry, it's lights out. So yeah, that's what I want to like encourage gym owners is like you're 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 welcome to invest your money in other ways, you know, and apply yourself in different ways. You know, obviously there's that whole like mindset of like focus first, focus make your money, get your stuff down, learn your skills, and then you can expand. And, mm. and that's okay. Because also sometimes we just want a new challenge. We've been doing something long enough 
And that that's kind of my story. So yeah, like I'll, I'll dive into it. But, you know, I actually in high school had no confidence. I was like this big overweight kid. I didn't talk to girls. Like I didn't have a lot of friends. And, and luckily a guy invited me, tapped me on the shoulder one day in class and said, Hey man, every day after work, I go to, or after school, I go to the gym. Do you want to come with me? And I think he can sense I needed a buddy. I needed some mentorship. And he was this really like all the were like checking him out. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy wants to hang out with me. Like what an honor. <laughs> so I went to the gym and I started working out. And I remember to this day, that first pump, I was like, Oh my God, what have I been missing out on? Like we did a standard meat head workout, as you know, it's like chess, right? Like that's gotta yeah. be like your first introduction to the gym. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm doing it. And I'm like, this is amazing. And it, it pretty much within three months, I went from weighing 260 to 230. So I lost nice. weight quick. But I was like 17. So your testosterone was just like sure. through the roof. At that moment, when I saw that transformation, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to help other people get the same result because I, it's, it literally makes your life so much better. It's like, you're seeing 2020 vision for the first time. And I, I just couldn't, you know, be ha more than excited to get this into the hands of other people. And so I started becoming a trainer. I went to people's homes. I started training people in my garage, doing small group training, Eventually got enough clients. I got 40 clients training in my garage. I opened my first gym and then ran that for three years. And after that, I went on a rapid speed opening a gym a year, six gyms in six years. Wow. And so, uh, yeah, very, very fast. But learning lesson, you know, and humbling lesson that I had to go through is that I wrongfully believed that running this business was about equipment and coaches. If I could just get a lease and put equipment in there and I can <laughs> hire coaches, I can go on to the next gym. And eventually it caught up with me where these gyms were really struggling. And what I failed to build into them was leadership and culture. There was mm -hmm. no manager on site. It was just a bunch of coaches and equipment. Well, when there's no leadership, there's no accountability, the inmates are us. And eventually it caught up with me. So, um, so that was a humbling lesson, having to close a gym, having to sell a couple of failing gyms. And had to really kind of look myself in the mirror and say, hey, this is my fault. I, I did this to myself, but I'm going to be a big boy and pick up my pants and I'm going to, you know, like fix this. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started really diving a lot more into leadership and culture. So then we went on and built a million dollar gym. And so when I decided to like have my business partner and, and GM kind of take over the gyms and move to Texas, you know, this was being done in California me, a guy that always likes to challenge myself, decided to start a B2B service. That's what you brought up earlier, gym reinforcements. So we place VAs and sales reps into their business and they do all their outbound and lead nurture and sell trials or challenges on their behalf and get their gym packed out. Because that's basically what I did to build my business up. So now I just turned it outward and now do it for all other gym owners. So that's a little bit about my story, man, and, and, and kind of how I got started. Yeah, yeah, no, that's interesting, man. I, I wish I was uh had a had the same experience as far as getting into fitness at a younger age, man. I didn't <laughs> I didn't get into the industry until later on. Later I didn't get into fitness until later on when I got into the industry um with the service company. And then, you know, you go to a barbership shop enough times, you get a haircut type of thing and finally, finally clicked. But yeah, it's transforming, man. And uh I don't know, like once once you once you start getting into that. And experiencing that transformation, like you, you feel like 
you can accomplish so much, you know what I mean? And you just go out and take on the world, you know what I mean? And like, I'll start six gyms in six, you know, six years without, you know, and, uh, and, but it's awesome. You learn all kinds of lessons, man. It sounds like you have some, some cool experience, um, in that area. What, so what was, what's the main struggle that gyms that, that you faced during that time, other than, you know, leadership. Okay. Um, what, what dive a little bit deeper into that concept and what are some solutions to that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I know the reason that like I work really well with our industry is because I feel like my superpowers are the yin to the yang of what most gym owners have. So most gym owners love the fitness training. They love programming and motivating people and correcting form and talking fat loss and calorie deficit nutrition. I got bored with that real quick. Like I got sick of repeating this over and over. And it was just like saying the same thing to the new Mrs. Jones that walked to the door. And so for me, I actually really got more interested in the marketing and sales. And that's why mm-hmm. I got addicted to opening gyms to basically open the doors with 200 plus members. And it was just like all around this hubbub of we're coming to down to town. And it's going to be this big, you know, grand opening challenge and founding membership. And I'd pack it out with 200 and I would get two to three coaches and like, all right, you guys got this. Cause you know, I don't care about all the programming and the workouts. Now I want to go to open another gym and I want to rinse and repeat. And so it was then learning that, Hey, it's not just the programming and it's not just the sales and marketing it's leadership. And that was something that I was like weak at duplicating. I I believe I was a good leader when I was there. Like again, when I, at my first Mm -hmm. gym, we built a million dollar gym and it was in a low income area, but I was on site premises every single day. Mm-hmm. And then as you get spread out, you know, dust is spread over six gyms, that leadership gets diluted. And yeah. if you don't really find a good leader, either by internally building one up or hiring one coal that has experience, then, you know, you're really putting your team and your clients in a place of, of just struggle and suffering. So yeah. like the, the solu- solution was I had to train and again, mistake there, picking somebody that I just liked, like I just got along with them and turned them into the manager. And it's like, then they sucked at management. It's like, it yeah. doesn't matter. Our personalities click. That doesn't mean they're a good manager. So that was like another failure. So I'm full of a man, but I've I've shared these with the industry because I don't want them to repeat the things that I did. Yeah, dude, it's hard to find those people. You know, I, I, was, a, I was a trainer for a little while, personal trainer. And like you were saying, like, it's hard. We're in an industry where people don't want to do, you know, like they'll come and sign up for, for personal training, but then they like, they won't show up or they won't follow the plan or, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and that, and I found too, that's the same, that's the same struggles I run into within, with employees is not everybody has the same drive and motivation that I have. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. how can I develop that in people? How can I get them motivated? How can I get them to see the vision? You know what I mean? And, and so what are the things I implement in my business um, to start helping people transform their lives like I went through? You know what I mean? Because that's kind of the goal is to to replicate myself. So they have to experience what I experienced, right? Um, yeah. so, so how do we get people on that path to transformation? You know what I mean? And, and, and get leaders in our business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, number one is you start to develop your recruiting eye of who really says, like you said, that, that they want to work hard. They want an opportunity and who's kind of just like blowing smoke up your butt and who's just mm-hmm. saying what you want to hear. 
So one phrase I learned from Seth Godin that I love is I can't work with you until I work with you. And basically what he means by that is it's hard on the interview because they, they know the game. They just want to tell you what you yeah. want to hear to get the job. So what we learned to do is put a probationary 30 day trial, if you will, of mm-hmm. them being on the team. Cause now I can work with you and I can see if you actually match what you say you're going to do. You say you're going to be on time. Were you over those 30 days? You say you're going to work hard. Did you during those 30 days? You say you're organized, you know, were you actually organized? So it's like everybody knows how to ace the test and put on that fake smile. But when you right. work, the truth is always comes up. So that's something that I put out, you know, whether it's a coach, an admin, a salesperson is like, we always hire people under a 30 day trial now. And we tell them that we say, this is not an official job offer. You're kind of getting, you know, like a trial run, if you will. And you'll be presented a full job offer after you kind of complete this. And some people are like, Hey, that I'm not uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable with that. And I was like, okay, you know, like part with your friends, but like you get to call the shots, right? You get to make the, the gatekeeping, you know, rules. And so that's just one that served me because I don't know how I'm going to be able to work with somebody until I work with them. And that, you know, even if it's a gig worker, like I'm hiring someone to do a website, it's like, Hey, make me the front page, you know, like show me that before I pay you five grand to make a website. Let's just start small. Right. And so you can Mm kind of like, it's like dating people, but you're dating employees. Now, in terms of finding a leader that cares about your business as much as you, I've only found two ways. Like it's, they're brought in internally, actually as a customer, not as a team member, because your customers are your biggest diehards. And when you look at like how MLMs are, all they did was they turned their customer into salespeople and intrapreneurs. They just said, mm-hmm. hey, you love this product so much. Why don't you go out and sell it and make it a business? And then they go out and they sell whatever it is, shakes, you know, oils, and they go out and they they sell this stuff hard, but they sell it and they'll work harder and they'll go longer, like underpaid, and they'll like wear all the branded gear and they'll just be like, you know, complete uh, evangelists, even mm-hmm. without money. So I found, you know, hey, we need an admin before we go put a job posting. Is there a client that we love that was like a stay-at-home mom looking for some extra work? Like there's somebody we can bring in from, you know, the other side of the, of the curtain from the customer side to the team side because the customers love us more than any cold person I'm going to find on Indeed. And they'll work harder and they'll be like the biggest evangelist and they'll tell other customers, hey, I love this stuff. This is why you should buy it. So like that, that's, you know, one good source. The second is finding somebody that talks a lot about being an entrepreneur, but in all reality, they're really an intrapreneur, which means they want to run a business inside of your business. They don't really have the cojones to go and start their own thing. Like Mm -hmm. they're afraid to sign that lease. They're afraid to take the leap, but they dream about, you know, making more and they don't like the idea of having an hourly cap. So you just basically bring them in. You say, Hey, you're going to be profit shared into my business. When the profits are going up, you and me win. But when the profits go down, you and me lose. So we're both locking into this roller coaster. And so you're going along for the ride with me. Mm. And now they're checking the expense sheet. Now they're looking at where can we maximize profit. And they're thinking like an owner, even though they're not an owner. And that's the only way I was able to leave my gyms under the care of my business partner in California, because he got eventually shared into that. So you know, yeah. again, most people don't know this, but Elon Musk only owns 17% of Tesla. He is shared in to the top engineers because he doesn't know how to make an electric car. So he needs to make this engineer care about Tesla as much as right. he does and this other person. And so like he, he only owns 17%, but it's a watermelon where most people want to own 100% of a grape. 
So that's the mindset shift that, that helped me to evolve from that, that struggle that I had in the past. Yeah. Nice. All good. Uh, good information there, man. Um, switch, switch gears a little bit. Um, so in terms of the fitness industry in general and, and gyms, um, so I got, I got to ask, you know, on the equipment side of things, cause that's, that's where my expertise is. Um, what, what type of equipment do you like seeing in your, in your gyms? What's your favorite equipment out there that you're seeing and in, in different industry industry trends that you're, that you're seeing in the gym world that you, that you are, uh, that pique your interest. Yeah. I mean, for what I see again, I'm, I'm more, I, I talk to a lot of big box gym owners, but I would definitely say 80% or more in those studios, like small group, mm-hmm. personal training, boot camp. Um, but yeah, the standing skier, like that's a big one that I yeah, see. Yeah, that's a, lot a huge of- one out right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like that one's getting a lot of attention. Um, it's it, it, it kind of already hit its peak, but it's still kind of just you know showing up a lot. And that's just like a dedicated hit thrust station. You know, like mm-hmm. people want those glute gains, especially the ladies. If you work with a lot of ladies, yeah, uh, that's a big one. Um and then, you know, if you're talking like, just like, uh, I guess like multi-use stuff, there's been a lot of cool like cable machines that don't require the big massive cable unit. So they have mm-hmm. cable that can hook up to the top of a rig and you can take it off when you're done with it. Or like yeah. anchor, anchor is a new one to the side of a rig and you can get like a cable workout up to 60 pounds of resistance. So like, these are just yeah. some cool tools I've seen. Um, but then also the dead mills where you just sprint on them, you know, oh, yeah. like those are, those are like the curves. Yep. Yeah. The yeah. curving treadmill. Yeah. Uh, Jacob's ladder. That's another Jacob's ladder one. is like, really blowing up right now. It's interesting because they've been around, they've been around for a long time, but they, I, I feel like they're just now like really kind of blowing up. I'm starting to see them more and more. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, rowing machines, like those for sure, low impact people wanted to do that stuff the endless, I don't know what you call it, but the rope just keeps endlessly going. Um, mm. you know, like th- those ones are, are great. Um, and then for strength, of course, you know, anything that you can do micro additions to your weight. So like, we're all used to the 2.5s, the fives, things like that. Yeah. Um, I've seen little clips that add 0.5 or one pound to your lips, yeah. so you can do that. Um, mm. so yeah, there's, there's just a lot of cool stuff out there. You know, coaches get more and more creative. Um, and, and yeah, like, I think again, it depends on your model. I usually recommend to studio owners, if you can't do at least 10 uh, exercises on it, don't even bother because mm-hmm. they have to be very spacious, and limited conscious. space, yeah. yeah t- space conscious. Like, so a leg press, it's like, it's expensive. It does one movement pattern, like, and, mm-hmm. and you, you know, it's like probably not a good idea. So it's like cable machines you know, Smith barbells, you know, kettlebells, things that you can do dozens of things with. That's the best use of more of a studio gym, you know? Yeah, for sure. Functional trainers, things like that. What Um, about for you? What are you seeing people buying more these days than in the past? And I'm seeing, so AI is going to change things in the fitness industry. Um, it's going to change equipment. Um, so I'm seeing things like with Techno Gym. Techno Gym's coming out with their bio circuit and bio strength equipment. We just we I just installed the first of the first of it that I've seen um at a at a hospital here in Texas. And um it I don't know the ins and outs of it yet. Um, but I I will learn it over over a period of time as I start, you know, servicing those hospitals and stuff. But 
it's got um, AI technology on it and it basically is a, a circuit. You can get it either where it's like wired and built underneath the floor and it tells you which station to go to and and is connected in all kinds of different Ooh. ways and builds workouts for you and things like that. It kind of takes away the coach, you know, but at like a hospital gym, they're not going to have personal trainers necessarily, not always depending on where it is, but you know, so they're, they're kind of like getting rid of, you know, the need for coaches and personal trainers to a certain extent with the technology. I don't know if you'll ever eliminate that. I don't think that's possible, but so that's kind of what I'm seeing with, with stuff like that, with, with the new technologies coming out, um, you know, that, that basically do everything that a personal trainer can do. And then I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes because I think it's really going to change fast um, yes. you know, so, and the, this industry are, is already, you know, it changes a lot and COVID, you know, COVID already moved everybody a little bit closer to, you know, online connected fitness type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I think, I think we'll continue to see that, that trend, um, moving in that direction and, and that'll drastically reshape, you know, the fitness equipment world. Um, oh, yeah. you know, so. It's interesting. I think that, you know, the technology overall is good. Um, I think it can be used for for good. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of gym owners who struggle with the changes. You know what I mean? And struggle to adapt to the changes um, in the technology. But yeah, that's probably going to get split up. Where there's going to be just like those hardcore people that are like first adopters, anything technology. You know, an Oculus trainer hologram yeah. right there in your living room. Like they're going to be all over it. They like Peloton. They like, you know, Tonal. They like, they very much like technology. And then there's going to be people that are like, I need human connection. I'm lonely. I'm isolated. There's this telegram or this hologram does not make me feel like I'm building community or, or I'm having a relationship with a person. And so like technology, I think speaks very much to the people that are just like time. They're like, I'm not, I don't need to build a relationship community. Like, let's just get this work, you know, busy professional CEOs, like get mm. the workout get onto my next thing. Where there is retired people, stay-at-home mom. There are people that go to the gym just for the community. Like they're just people, people. Yeah. Like they like being around people. They want to get out of the house. It's like the highlight of their day. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know. So I think that's what we're gonna see a split is like, yeah, like hard right technology or hard left community. You gotta ask yourself as a gym owner, which one do you want to plant your flag in and get really good at it, you know? And yeah. so we're we're gonna definitely be laying our flag on that community side. So one of the things we even got to train our trainers is like, how do you friend somebody? Like people are so like antisocial these days. Like they don't even know how to have eye contact. Yeah, we right. That in training, like here's yeah. how to have eye contact. Here's how to be a human. <laughs> how to shake a hand. That's great. And and then also, how do you get a person to make friends with another person? Because if you leave people to their own devices, they'll walk in. They'll just look at their phone. They'll only look up when it's mm-hmm. time for the workout and they'll go back to the phone and they'll go be an antisocial person and return to their car. So it's like, now we had to train our team to get person A to come over and be, meet person B and kind of be this party host and say, hey, are, did you say you're trying to buy a house? Did you know this client's a real estate agent? You guys are yeah. going to come over here and talk and like actually create almost like a chamber of commerce within your gym where yeah, that's commerce happening. That's, that's what I would say to like gym owners is like, start if you want to really be known as that community gym it is an art in itself and it's not going to come from programming nobody's becoming friends because you plan squats that day or push-ups it, it is something that must be done intentionally before and after sessions and if you're not training your team and you're not 
making it a part of what they do, like as a part of the experience, it's just, it's happenstance if it happens. And a lot of people say we got a great community, but if you look at their actual activities, they do zero to make it community happen. It just happens, you know, by chance. So it's like yeah. intentionally attack it and your community will be even better. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's just another thought. Yeah. I joined a new gym today. Uh, well, last night, but I went in there today and I was like, you know, and I, I came into this town to, to get to know people, to, to, you know, build my business and, and connect with the people in the fitness industry. And I was sitting there on a machine and there's this guy next to me working. I was like, I need to talk to it. Like, I want to talk to this guy. You know what I mean? Like, how do you strike up conversation? You know what I mean? Just random strangers and stuff. And I, of course, like I got in my head and was like, I didn't do it. You know what I mean? But, but, uh, start doing that stuff. Talk to random strangers, you know, get out of your comfort. It's uncomfortable. It's always going to be like uncomfortable to break the ice. Like people got their headphones in and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, you don't want to bother them or whatever, but you know, but yeah, no, that's, that's great stuff, man. That's, that's like fundamental principles that people need in our society, society today, probably more than ever. You know what I mean? Um, so it's easy to get, the more connected you are, the more, you know, as far as like technology, the more disconnected you get to your, you know, fellow man and woman. So, um, I believe, I don't know how long we've been talking, man. I'm sure we could go on and on and on. Um, you know, we got a lot, lot, a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things in, in common. It's always interesting talking to people. Uh, you, you have a lot of unique experience and insights. Um, so I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your, sharing your knowledge with everybody yeah. and, and with me, man, it's, it's really good to, uh, to meet you for the first time and everything like that. Um, one last thing, uh, where, where can people find you? Um, Instagram, YouTube, all of those types of things. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of blurred out, but over my shoulder here, I actually have a book on Amazon called reinforce your gym. It was a bestseller. So if you guys want some great marketing and sales strategies, how did I pack out my gym with 200 members every single time? How did I build $2 million gyms? All the strategies are in there. And then, um, you know, if you want to engage on social media, love to talk with you guys. I'm on Instagram at Dustin Bogle at, and YouTube at Dustin Bogle, Facebook at Dustin Bogle. And then I have a podcast too. So I'd love to have them. Nice. Sitting, uh, it's, you know, fitness fire podcast. Me and my co-host, um, you know, discuss just all things gym owner related. So again, if people are listening to this and like podcasts, they probably want to, you know, listen to more podcasts in their, in their world. So that's another one for them to catch as well. Absolutely, man. I'm going to have to check, check yours out as, as well, for sure. Um, I, I, I tend to anymore, man. I don't even flip on music at the gym very rarely, uh, depending yeah. on the mood I'm in, but I generally am listening to podcasts at the gym. Same. So, yeah. and you, you kind of run out of stuff after a while. It's like, but, uh, but yeah, so very yeah. cool, man. Thanks again. Uh, I can't, can't say how much I appreciate it and, uh, very good to, to come conversate and everything like that. So, um, I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you to all the gym owners out there. And yeah, Adam. Can, look, looking forward to continuing to build the relationship, man. And anything I can do to help you with you and you know what you got going on, let me know, brother, because I'm a supporter and I'm a fan. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. Until next time, friends. 